message is part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. We've been studying Joseph, and this week, um, Jeremy, hit the next slide. This week, this, this came up, and, and, and as I said when I opened up, I don't know if your weeks, days, years have been like mine, but... You know, we've been studying Joseph, and it says, no matter how long you've traveled in the wrong direction, it's never too late to turn around, right? And we're going to look at some of that today um, in, in Genesis 46 and 47, um, but it's never too late to turn around. Do we believe that? Do we believe that it's never too late to turn around? Men might when they're driving, right? We might think that it's, it's too late to turn around. Right? Maybe if we just keep going further enough, maybe it'll just be a big circle and we'll make it all the way back. Maybe, maybe. But this is real. So no matter how long you've traveled in the wrong direction, it is never too late to turn around, especially with Jesus. It's never, ever too late to turn around. Now, Jeff, in a semi, it might be too late to turn around. Sometimes, right? Yeah, if the area is too small, it's too, 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 too tight to turn around. But today... 46 and 47 in Genesis, okay? So are you sold out? Are you a servant to the one true king? That is the message we're going to keep trying to come back to as we look at 46 and 47. There's a lot of text in these two chapters, okay? Um, And when we finished in 45 two weeks ago, Jacob just learned that his son Joseph was still alive after many years, right? Could you imagine what Jacob felt when he found out that Joseph was still alive? That must have been just, I don't know. I mean, it just must have been just mind-blowing it, thinking he was gone, and, and for your sons to come back and say he's still alive. And so if we look in the first in 46, 2, two through 4, we're going to see this. So in Genesis 46, 2 through 4, During the night, God spoke to him in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he called. Here I am, Jacob replied. I am God, the God of your father, the voice said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt. For there I will make your family into a great nation. I will go with you down to Egypt, and I will bring you back again. You will die in Egypt, but Joseph will be with you to close your eyes. Now think about this. What an intimate God we have. Not just some, some deity that's out there that just wants to say, Hey, do this, do, don't do that, do this, do this, don't do that. He is talking to Jacob in a dream, saying, Hey, look. Do not be afraid to go. I know I said you're going to be in the promised land. Your nation's going to grow great. Hey, don't worry. Go to Egypt. You will die in Egypt. But I think four really hits home of what a personal God we have. I will go with you down to Egypt, and I will bring you back again. You will die in Egypt, but Joseph will be with you to close your eyes. Right? So I, I just I just vision that one where... You see in the movies, or, or maybe some of you have experienced it, where, where someone passes and then someone just pushes their eyelids down to say, chapter over. What an intimate and loving and personal God that we have. Not just something out there that created the whole thing. He did. But He also wants that intimacy with us. He wants that intimacy. Not only sitting there saying, hey, look, I want you to go there, but I'm going to be with you. But once again, I think in four, but Joseph will be with you to 
close your eyes. He just found out that Joseph was still alive. And then he has intimacy with him to say that not only will you die there, but I'll take you back to the promised land. But he will close your eyes. Um, God was also showing favor and comfort to Jacob as he was instructing him to go to Egypt and that he would be with him and make his people great again. Jacob, earlier Jacob was told not to go to Egypt um, for what had happened to Abraham during the, the, the famine years ago. Um, and so, once again, trusting in him, he was told not to go. Now he's telling him to go, and I will go with you. Okay? That was 46, 2, and, 2 through 4. And then the rest of 46, I know some of y'all, when y'all read it, y'all probably skipped over most of it because there's like 77 names in there. Right? So I'm sure when you're reading, you went, uh-huh, yep, uh, yep, yep, uh-huh, I'm done with that chapter. Right? But obviously, this is important. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in there. Right? So when we, we're not going to show it up here, but obviously when, when, you, when you look in here, let me, as I'm getting older, I need some of these to, to be able to see. So don't, don't judge. Um, but I think it starts like in 8. Um, in 8 all the way through 28, um, it just talks about all the people of Jacob's family that are going to go, that are leaving, and they're going to go to Egypt, right? And, and, and the importance there is, is that we all come from somewhere, and we're all connected somehow, right? And so... With the theme of, with the idea of, are you sold out? Are you a servant to God? Whose family are you part of? Where are you connected? How do you play a part in this great story? How are you going to change the world around you? How are you going to be taken out of the promised land and, and maybe go to Egypt? How are you going to leave Jefferson, Georgia, and go to Portland, Oregon to share the good news of the gospel. How are you going to do it, right? So all these people, they just left everything to go to be with Joseph. Are you willing to give up everything to go? And and, and if you heard right here in, in back to Genesis 2, I am God, the God of your father, the voice of Egypt. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will take your family into a great nation. Would you believe it? If, if you know, for, for most men in here, they're the provider. And, and if they sat there and said, hey, leave Georgia and go to Costa Rica. Don't worry, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to make you into a great nation. How many of us would be willing just to go? Leave the comforts of maybe a job we've had for 40 years just to go. Are we sold out? Are we servants to the one true king? Or do we like comfortability to stay where we're at? So what part, what, what part of the family are you? Where are you? And then once again, you know, are all 77 of these names, are they all rock stars? Maybe, maybe not. I'm sure some of them got a lot of baggage, right? All of our family has baggage, right? Um, 
you know, and, and, and where can it? He can use, he can and will use all of us no matter what our past is if we allow him to, and this will be for his glory. But once again, he can use, just like in here, he can use any and all of us if we allow him for his glory. Are you sold out for him? Are you willing to give it all up for him? And so then we go to 47. In 47, we see where they made it to Egypt and they're getting ready and settled in. And Joseph takes Pharaoh, takes Jacob to see Pharaoh. So in 47, 7 through 10, we see this. Then Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and he stood before Pharaoh. And Jacob, what did Jacob do to Pharaoh? Blessed Pharaoh. And in eight, and Pharaoh said to Jacob, How many days of the years of your life? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my sojourning are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. And they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their sojourning. And Jacob, what did Jacob do? Blessed Pharaoh and went out. Yes. From the presence of Pharaoh. I'm like, whoa. So if we look, if we look in, in 7 and we look in 10, as soon as, he, as soon as Jacob comes into Pharaoh, he blesses him. Pharaoh asks him a question. He answers it. And then when he leaves, what does he do? Blesses Pharaoh. Now, granted, in this, in, this, in this text, we don't know what the blessing, the blessed Pharaoh means. But once again, let's think about it. His family's been brought and, and he's been given a great land in Egypt to, to take care of his cattle, to take care of his family and do all this. Joseph brings Jacob in and Jacob just blesses him. And my thought is that he's sitting there saying, hey, thank you. Thank you for loving on our family. Thank you for, one, taking care of Joseph when I wasn't able to take care of Joseph. And, and when you think about it, when, when, you, when you think of all those things, I know most of us can't even remember last week, but did you bless anybody last week? Right? So think about it. Did you bless anybody Last week. And at that, he's blessing somebody that has complete control over him. Right? If we have a, 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 a secular job, a regular job, did you bless your boss this week? Right? Did you bless your children this week? Did you bless your in-laws this week? You know? Did you bless... If you were blessed enough to go on vacation or go out of town, did you bless the server? Did they see something different about you? Right? He's in his foreign land. He goes there and he blesses Pharaoh. Pharaoh asks, how old is, how old is Jacob? And Jacob answers like this back in verse 9. The days, and year, the days of the years of my sojourning are 130 Few and evil have been the days of my life. 130. 
is few. I don't know about y'all. At 45 right now, mine's long. But 130, because he's looking at his, some others that lived 170, 180 and passed. Right? So he says, I've only lived a few years. And evil. He used the word evil. You know, you got to think about how, what happened with Esau. And then obviously what happened with Joseph being taken away. Um, evil. But I think the neat part here is, is the sojourning. Right? So that means no home. No permanent home. Right? We have the opposite idea here in the United States. We want the permanent home. We want the 5,000 square foot McMansion. We want some place to call home. Jacob said, we've been out there for 130, I've been out there for 130 years. Nowhere to call permanent. And, and, and when, you, when you look at it, he's looking forward to That home, that house, that mansion, that residence that God built. Not what he built, not what his family built, not in Goshen where they just landed. He's looking to the future, right? How many of us are willing to give it all up again? Just as we're going back to the same thing that we're trying to drive home today. Are you sold out? Are you a servant to the one true king? Are you ready to sojourn and not have a permanent home? Because biblically it tells us we're here for a mist, a fog. Like we're living in a tent. Even We've even taken camping. We've even ruined camping. Right? Because it's not camping anymore. It's glamping, or, you know, if I don't have AC, or if I don't have the pullouts, you know, if I don't have that, hey, we're not going, right? If you got to pop up and put a sleeping bag in there, no air mattress, a sleeping bag, we don't want to do it, right? And that's what he's saying. Hey, I, 130 years, I've just been wandering. I'm looking for the end. We're looking for the fifth wheel. It has 3,000 square foot in it, you know, and, and it, you know, probably soon the stove will cook for yourself, right? I mean, it'll cook for you, right? You just go in there, push the button, and it'll just, like Jetson-esque. Kids, you don't even understand Jetson. <laughs> it'll just come up, and you'll be ready to eat, right? We've even messed this up, Right? Because we like the comforts, we like the stability, we like knowing what's happening, and that's what he said, that's not what we're here to do. I've been sojourning, and my family has, because we're looking for something bigger. So let's not miss the mark. We're not looking for something bigger to move from the 3-2 to the 4-3. That's not what we're looking bigger for. We're looking for bigger for how can we bless somebody? How can we go where He calls us? Not our own agenda, His agenda.
Um, so obviously, what, where do you call home? Are you looking and wanting better? Does your current situation say so? Um, obviously, are you sold out to the one true king? Um, and when, when we look at the famine, right? So when we look in, 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 in 47.13, 47.13 where it starts, okay? There's a lot of, lot of scripture here. 47.13. Meanwhile, the famine became so severe that all the food was used up and the people were starving throughout the lands of Egypt and Canaan. By selling the grain to the people, Joseph eventually collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan, and he put the money in Pharaoh's treasury. When the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money, all the Egyptians came to Joseph. Our money is gone, they cried, but please give us food or we will die before your very eyes. Joseph replied, since your money is gone, bring me your livestock and I will give you food in exchange for your livestock. So they brought all their livestock to Joseph in exchange for food. In exchange for their horses, flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and donkeys, Joseph provided them with food for another year. But that year ended, and the next year they came again and said, We cannot hide the truth from you, my Lord. Our money is gone, and all of our livestock and cattle are yours. We have nothing left to give but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your very eyes? but us in our land in exchange for food. Buy us in our land in exchange for food. We offer our land and our, ourselves as slaves for Pharaoh. Just give us grain so we may live and not die. So the land does not become empty and desolate. So Joseph bought all the land for, of Egypt for Pharaoh, and the Egyptians sold him their fields because the famine was so severe. And soon all the land belonged to Pharaoh. As for the people, he made them all slaves from one end of Egypt to the other. The only land he did not buy was the land belonging to the priests. They received an allotment of food directly from Pharaoh, so they didn't need to sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Look, today I have bought you and your land for Pharaoh. I will provide you with seeds so you can plant the fields. Then when you harvest it, one-fifth of your crop will belong to Pharaoh. You may keep the remaining four-fifths as seeds of your, of your, for your fields and as food for you, your households and your little ones. You have saved our lives, they exclaimed. May it please you, my Lord, to let us be Pharaoh's servants. Joseph then issued a decree still in effect in the land of Egypt that Pharaoh would receive one-fifth of all the crops grown on his land. Only the land belonging to the priest was given to Pharaoh. Meanwhile, the people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen in Egypt, and they acquired, there they acquired property, and they were fruitful, and their population grew rapidly. Right? So that's a lot. That's a lot going on. But how many times, does, how does this correlate? How does this go to our lives? How many times have we been in this situation where we have something going on, chaos in our life, illness, relationship issues, financial issues, and we run back to God and go, Lord, if you'll just if you'll just ease this pain for today, if you'll take care of this issue that I have right here, if you'll take care of this issue, Lord, I'm yours. So we go off and we do what we want to do and things are good. In this situation, these were year long things. But in ours, maybe it's 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And then something bad happens again. And what do we do? 
we go back. And this time we say, hey, Lord, I will give you everything. I'll give you this, Lord, if you just do this. And so we, we, we think things are good. We go about our business a day, week, month, year, ten years, decade. I don't know. And in the last part of this one, those individuals, they gave everything for some seeds. Because they thought those seeds would keep them alive. They thought those seeds would bring them comfort. They thought those seeds would allow them to eat, to do whatever they needed to do. And they were okay with saying, Pharaoh, we are your slaves. We are your servants. But with all of us sitting in here right now, how many of us are ready to sit there and say, Lord, I'm your slave. Lord, I'm your servant no matter what. Lord, I'm ready to give it all to you. And in everything that I say and do would be to glorify you. Right? How many of us are willing to give our children away? Saying, Lord, do with them what you want. Because they're only on loan to them. Right? How many of us are willing to go the same route that these Egyptians went to sit there and say, Lord, I'm yours. Here, they, could, they couldn't do lip service, right? Because they went, they got the seeds from Joseph, and Joseph owned everything. Joseph owned everything, or the Pharaoh owned everything, right? But Joseph was in control of it. So in this situation... They couldn't just merely say words. But with us, we can merely say words. We can merely we can we can literally tell our family, we can literally tell God, we can tell whoever we want, our kids, we can tell them that, hey, look, things are gonna change, I promise you. And then what? Never do it. Or, same thing, we try to go back and sell something else that we don't have. Right? If we, if we think about it in the context of, if we think about it in the context of work, right? If we're trying to climb the corporate ladder or we're trying to, to, to be the best teacher, if we're trying to be the best truck driver, if we're trying to be the best banker, best race car driver, best football player, if we take it in any of those contexts and we tell our boss or we tell the person that is above us, hey, we really, 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 we really, really, really want this promotion or position or, or status or whatever, and we never do anything behind it, are we going to get it? Are we telling God the same thing? Right? I challenge the youth in the back all the time. Um, about how many days a week they do their devotion. Um, 
And, and, and for you guys, ladies and gentlemen, it's the same thing, right? We all have, I think we all have the best intention inside to say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. And then life happens, famine happens, and we forget to do what? We forget to have that quiet time. Or a, a buddy of mine um, on, the, on his Bible app, it, 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 he showed it uh, me the other day, and it shows like 75 days in a row. I said, well, Robert, that's great. But if you just open up, if you just open up the Bible app, so I just open mine up, Sunday, there it is. There's my green dot. I didn't read anything, but I just opened it up. So once again, he's opened up this Bible app 75 times in a row. 75 different days, two and a half months. But did anything come from opening up that Bible app? Right? So here, they sold everything to be slaves and servants to Pharaoh because they needed food. If today is the only day you're eating, we got a bad situation going on, don't we? Because we got a famine. Right? Are you sold out? Are you a servant to the one true king? Right? Are you sold out? Are you living exclusively for him? We were driving... Um, Yesterday, and uh, a song by Josh Wilson came on the radio. Um, I don't know if you've heard. It's called Dream Small. Um, obviously, I'm not going to sing it, okay? I'm not. I'm not going to sing it um, because we have some guests here, and they'll just, like, run out the doors and be like, whoa, that was weird. Um, but a couple of lines in there really relate back to this, where we're at, 46 and 47. It says, Dream Small. Don't bother like you got to do it all. Just let Jesus use you where you are. One day at a time. Right? And then it says, live well, loving God and others as yourself. Find little ways where only you can help. With His great love, a tiny rock can make a giant fall. Dream small. Right? So obviously Joseph had a lot of chaos in his life to get where he was. And Jacob as well. Right? But Joseph allowed God to use him where he was to change a nation. Right? Joseph was just a regular guy that was thrown away. Sold. But God had favor on him. And he, was, he allowed God to use him. And he changed the nation. So for you, Cornerstone, for you, Mom, for you, Dad, for you, Grandma, for you, Grandpa, for you, students, for you, sons, you, daughters, how are you going to dream small? How are you going to just... Bless you. Sorry, Rory. Just let Jesus use you where you are. Just let Jesus use you 
where you are. I forgot in the hecticness of today with Ricky being out, I was going to have a shirt under this or I was going to take it off, but um, that sounded weird. Um, <laughs> apologize, guests. Ah, It's a shirt that says Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. That's what we got to remember. As we look at this text, as we look at 46 and 47, a loving, personable God that tells in a dream, Jacob, I know you're scared. Jacob, I know the famine is crazy. Jacob, I know you just found out your son is still alive. Jacob, your son will actually close your eyes for you when you pass. A loving Father, a loving God that wants to be with you wherever you are. A loving, loving Father. Are you allowing God to bless you or allowing God to use you where you are today? If you work in a factory, you work in the school, you work at Publix, if you work in a chicken house, are you allowing God to use you where you are, right? Are you allowing God to use you? We all could be like Joseph. We all could be used. Um, and, and I think we, we don't need to get overwhelmed. Like, I've, I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm overwhelmed. But we've got to go back to this line in this song. One day at a time. One day at a time. If your kid, if your children are just bonkers off the wall, okay. Tomorrow's Monday. Monday night they're bonkers, okay. Next day is Tuesday. One day at a time. But how can we put those days together to change our community? Jeremy, will you put that first slide back up? So, so with this slide, right, it's never too late or too far to turn around. Jacob was 130 years old when he left the promised land and went to Egypt and his family flourished during the famine. What if he wouldn't have went? What would have happened? I don't know. What if he wouldn't have went? What would have happened? How many times have you felt that tingling in your tummy, that Holy Spirit just working in there. And we just let it go for indigestion. Right? How many times should you have stopped and prayed for somebody? Once again, one day at a time. You don't have to conquer the world. You just do it a little bit at a time. How many times should you have prayed for somebody and you just kept on going because you didn't want to be made fun of. You don't know if you're going to say the right words or do that or do this or do this. So what is stopping you, your family, your community from flourishing? What is stopping you? What is stopping you, students? I think the greatest area for revival that we have right now is the school system. I think so. But are the teachers, 
Are the students, are they ready to just let Jesus use you where you are? Are they ready? Are they bold enough? Right? Crazy thing there. I wouldn't sign up to be a substitute teacher. You know why? Because I want to put Jesus everywhere. I want to do this one day at a time. Love God and others as yourself. Find little ways where only you can help. That's what we're called to do in 46 and 47. That's what Joseph was called to do. That's what Jacob did. He blessed Pharaoh. Are you sold out? Are you a servant to the one true king? Or are we we just playing church? Right? Are we sold out? What is holding you back? What are you scared of sacrificing to be his servant? Is it that house? Is it that job? Is it that paycheck? Is it the status? Is it being made fun of by the world? What is it? What's holding you back from living an unashamed life. What is holding us back? The time's now. Just watch the news. I don't watch it because it's crazy. It is crazy. The world needs us to dream small, to live well, to love God and others as yourself. Um, Every story in the Bible points back to Jesus. And Joseph has given us a picture of what Jesus was, is going to do for us to protect and provide. Um, this isn't in there. We're going to wrap, be wrapping up here in a second. But I thought it was neat. As you study, um, you see some stuff that you kind of overlook and, and you don't when you're researching and doing some other things. You go, ah, I didn't see it like that. Um, but in Genesis, we, we, we didn't read it, but in Genesis 47, 31, um, it says, Swear that you will do it, Jacob insisted. So Joseph gave his oath, and Jacob bowed humbly at the head of his bed. And some of the Greek translation says staff. Um, the, the wording is very close. Just one, more, one letter changes from bed to staff. Um, but this is in 47 where he's asking Joseph to, hey, no matter what, hey, please swear to me, please make an oath to me that when I die you will take me back. Okay? And it says, and he gave his oath, and Jacob bowed humbly at the head of his bed or staff, depending on what translation and what verbiage you use. But if we go back to Genesis 37, 9 through 11, it says this in 9. Then he dreamed another, this is talking about Joseph. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and even and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. 10. But when he told it to his father and his mother, his mother rebuked his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? 11. And his brothers were jealous of him, and his father kept the saying in mind. So once again, Joseph had these dreams. And then ten chapters later, what happened? Jacob bowed as he was asking Joseph for this promise. And... uh, 
in, in Hebrews 11:21, it just once again solidifies it. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. So once again, you know, obviously everything in this is the truth. But when you start looking at it and, and start diving into it deeper, none of this is accident. The bowing, none of it is by accident. It's all ordained by God. And where you're at right now, right here in Houston, Brazelton, Jefferson, you know, Winder, you're here for a reason. You're sitting in Cornerstone today for a reason. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with October 7th, 2018? What are you going to do with October 8th, 2018? And we can just keep going. We can keep doing what we do, or we can allow God to use us where we are today. So as they come up and sing this last song, really, 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 really want you to think about what are you sold out for? Right? What are you sold out for? What, what, what are you a slave to? How are you going to make a difference in your community? How are you going to make a difference in the world that you're a part of today? Right? So last night, I know, Georgia was on last night. I think the game started at 7.30 and got over close to 11.30. Right? If we were to ask some of y'all, have you ever stayed up to 11.30? No. You know, but Georgia was on last night, so I stayed up to 11.30. Right? And, And nothing wrong with that. There's not. But if we had service at 7.30 at night and it went to 11.30 at night, it was 85 to 87,000 people in Stanford State. Stanford? Stanford? What's it called? Stanford with a T? Sam. Sam. Between the hedges. I know that much. Between the hedges, there was 80 plus thousand people there. And many of them didn't leave at 11.30. There was still probably some there at 4 a.m. this morning. Not in the stadium, outside. Um, but if we had church, if we had church at 7.30 at night and said it was going to last to 11.30 at night, how many of us would be here? Because I know a lot of us have bedtime for our kids. But we're going to a Georgia game. There's no bedtime for kids. Right? And it just makes me think. Are we sold out? Are we sold out like the Egyptians when they had no other option but to become slaves to Pharaoh to survive? Do we treat God like that? That the only way we can survive is to be sold out for Him. To be servants to the one true king. So as you go out this week, my heart, my prayer, is that this message just isn't Sunday. That just as we stop for two minutes to pray, that you would pray 
that you would pray and that you would pray some more for your family, your friends, the community, yourself, because we need to. And then two, I think we, we, if we look at our lives and say, hey, what's taking up space inside of here that I need to have God more of, right? So as we stand to sing this last song, are you sold out? Are you a servant? Are you going to allow God to use you where you are today? If you're a stay-at-home mom, He can use you. Stay-at-home dad, He can use you. Retired, no such thing biblically, He can use you. He can use you. Students, homeschooled, public school, He can use you. Are you ready? Are you eyes open for the opportunity? Are you afraid? Cornerstone. Let's go make a difference in the world we're a part of. You're not here for, you're not here by mistake. You're not. You're not here. Wherever your residence is, wherever your address is, you're not in that neighborhood. You're not on that parcel of land. You're not down that street. You're not at that job by mistake. You're not. You're not. Students, you're not going to the school you're going to by mistake. Students, you're not homeschooled by mistake. Are you sold out? Are you ready to be like Joseph? Are you ready to be like Jacob and bless the community you're a part of? Are we ready to step outside of ourselves and go love like Jesus? Are we ready to have that intimate relationship with a God that created the whole world, the whole universe, but is willing to speak to you in a dream and says, your son will close your eyes. A son you haven't seen in decades. But I promise you, he will close your eyes. Let's pray. I definitely, Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, Lord, I just pray that this hodgepodge of words that just came out, Lord, that it brought glory to you. Lord, that it was a, a fragrant offering to you. Lord, as we get ready to sing this last song, Lord, as we get ready to leave here and go into the mission field, Lord, that every body, every member right here, every human being right here, Lord, would be willing and ready to be sold out, to be a servant, to be a slave to the one true king. Lord, that's what you're asking us to do. Lord, that's what you asked Jacob. Lord, that's what you asked Joseph. That's what you've asked our ancestors. Lord, that's what you're asking our kids to go and do. Lord, we pray for the community right around us. Lord, we pray for this opportunity to feed the high school. Lord, we pray for this opportunity to mingle with the families of Jefferson that are going to come to this Jefferson Festival. Lord, we pray for October 28th for the fall festival that's going to be right here on the property. Lord, we pray for these cars that are traveling right here. Lord, we pray for the chaos that is going to happen in these families in this next week. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would light that fire in us. Lord, that you would convict us. Lord, that you're that loving God, that personable God, Lord, that will speak to us and Lord, that will comfort us as our time is, when our time is needed for comfort. Lord, we continue to pray for Ricky. Lord, just help his ear. Uh, Lord, just pray for Bobby and Carly as they have safe travel. Uh, Lord, we just uh, pray for our youth. 
Lord, we pray for our students. Lord, we pray for the, the staff that's going back to Jefferson City that goes back to school tomorrow and in Jackson County on Tuesday. Lord, that Lord that those schools will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, that those teachers and those students that believe in you, Lord, that they would just permeate those walls. Lord, that they would just be something different in those schools. Lord, we pray. Lord, we pray for our schools. Lord, go with us. Lord, Lord, just be with us as we sing this last song. Lord, the altar is open. Lord, if anyone's got any prayer requests, Lord, that they would bring them forth. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask us in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.